Shane is getting all the love from the dogs right now. Yeah. I don't you hate when that happens. I mean, why does that happen? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. They sleep with me and yeah. <laughs> I want him to get love too. I think it's the cutest thing ever. I just want to take pictures of the way Buttercup does this like stripper dance. She jumps on his lap. She wiggles around, does this love me, and then runs away. (laughs) (laughs) It is the funniest thing ever. Oh my God. So we had our list of stuff that we were going to talk about today. The Olympics. Yeah, of course, we're going to talk about the Olympics. And I say to to Lenny, I'm not watching the Olympics. And she says to me, well, I'm only watching the black athletes. And I'm like, oh, well, that's what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about what let's talk about. I mean, what right right are you what wrong are you writing by only watching black athletes? I'm not writing a wrong. I'm just supporting my sisters and brothers. I'm just supporting them because the coverage has been so bad. And I'm not just talking about the, I'm not just talking about, you know, the way they, they, the, the way that they're like putting this event now and then that event later. And this, you know, it's also just the, the appalling interviews that they're having with these poor athletes. You know, the one that stands out to me is the girl who the black female wrestler who is the first woman, American woman to win a gold medal, let alone black woman to win a gold medal in wrestling, you know, for the US. And the interviewer is just like intent on making her cry even more. Right. It's already very emotional for her. She can't have her family there because of COVID. So her kids and her husband are home. All her family obviously stayed up to all hours of the night to watch her in Japan. And they have like live feed of them in Florida. And Then he starts bringing out the story about how her dad was killed on the way home from one of her meets. And I'm like, you know what? Can't you just have happy cries and be happy that this is the moment and let and and just be happy? Yeah. A couple of questions I have for you, because so now I understand. Do you think this is a media problem? What is it with media going this far? Do you think they always did and we're just really sensitive to it? Or do you think that media has changed because, you know, the idea that everything sort of has to be sensational? Yes, everything has to be sensational. I I think the media has changed as we've changed, right? So now, you know, reality TV and all this bullshit is actually just has more ratings. People see that's what the majority of the people want. And so that's what they're just giving the, they're just giving the people what they want. And that's, I guess I just, I'm not okay with that because I'm not one of those people. Um, No, I mean, it's true. So, you know, I grew up, you know, you think about, I don't know, what was your first newspaper? The New York Times? Mm. No, the Daily News. (laughs) All right. The Daily News. All right. So we had the Star Ledger in New Jersey that because they had comics. I, that was my first newspaper. We'd get both Sunday papers and I was like, they would read the New York Times. I'd be like, I want to read the comics. Yes. But, but the truth is, like learning how to read, I think in the sixth grade, we did these newspaper things and we do yes. sum up, summarize stories in the New York Times. But and we were taught it was objective. And I'm sure they weren't. I'm sure there was bias all over those newspaper articles, but they really were who, what, when, how. Yes. You know, and why. But now, even now, when I read the New York Times, I'm like, has it been dumbed down or is it just me? Because even in the standard newspaper, it does seem left. Like, I will agree with right wingers that 
the, the New York Times has gone very left. And the other thing is, it's just there seems like there's a lot more adjectives and adverbs these days, which are mm-hmm. adding shade or tone. And like people will every once in a while insert the word I am like, where is the I in a newspaper article? Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a shit about your feelings. Can you tell me what you think the facts are? Because now we know that facts aren't even facts like yeah. in that idea. And it does really seem that even The New York Times has sort of gotten sensational in that sense. Yes. Um because I do remember a time when in my journalism class where when we were really studying the Washington Post and the New York Times, because it was a time when I thought maybe that this was something, this would be a way that I would want to go. And I did for a long time in high school, write for the paper. And it was always, we were drilled who, what, where, when, why, nothing else. And now, you know, it, opinions, well, also now, well, people facts just want to be read distorted, but yeah, facts can be distorted. I mean, look at all that's come out about the election. And, you know, I mean, like the thing is, facts can be distorted and and people don't really care when you're getting your news from a Facebook post. Do you know what I mean? I, I, oh, I got it. But I think that's, that. I know. But I think that sometimes, though, now we're in that evil cycle, right, where because I do really find that. So, I mean, going back, like we said we were going to have a careening conversation today, but we've already gone. Let, let's get back a little bit to the Olympics. Olympics and the yes. Do you think the media has been worse? I know what your answer is going to be, but I want to ask it for everybody. But like media has been worse to the black athletes. No, actually, okay. I don't think All right. it's been worse to the black athletes because there's been a lot of black reporters there. I don't think it's been worse. I think they do the same thing to the to the white athlete. I can't remember what swimmer. So I don't really, I didn't really watch too much. So I have to be honest. I set it up so that I would watch any um, event that had, you know, some black athletes in it. So I didn't watch a lot of the swimming and I didn't watch a lot of the dressage, which I will watch in reruns because I love the dressage. But, you know, I just didn't watch a lot of those other events. Like I made sure I watched that wrestling event and we watched it live because I knew that this was going to be a historic moment. Obviously, I'm watching the the gymnastics because, you know, got to support my girl. I got to support several of my girls on that team, you know, and I, I watched the hurling oh my god that woman she's amazing that is a queen right there you know i wanted to make sure i support her because she's been receiving a lot of hate a non-binary black woman in a predominantly what would have been a predominantly white sport she is extremely muscular so she they don't have the build that you know people would I guess, I don't know. Like, I don't even care about what other people think, but you know what I'm saying? They were receiving a lot of hate and then they dyed their hair. They have the very short hair and they dyed their hair, the American colors. I'll tell you, queen energy so much. Anyway, <laughs> queen, now king, it makes everybody want. watch it. Queen, I have king, to say- empress, emperor, they had the energy. And I wanted to make sure I watched that so that they were getting the viewership. His numbers count. Yeah, and- I mean, actually, in that sense, you're really right. Like numbers count, you watching it. Yeah. And, you know, so there was just little things like that numbers count. And I want to make sure and believe it or not, it was Shane, not me that had the had it on because I'm in and out of the house quite a bit. You know, I've taken on a couple of new clients and I've been in and out a lot, but he had it on and I watched these different events. And I watched also there's a comedian. I don't know if you know her, Leslie Jones. Yeah, well, I've been watching. I have seen her on Instagram 
with yes. her commentary yes. on the swimming so hard. All right. I on everything. Oh my yeah. God. The running, the running. We have had the, the most decorated team, <laughs> you know, in the running. Those ladies, the woman who came back from being pregnant last year to now be the most decorated runner. <laughs> that eat black, white, indigenous, right. whatever. That feat right there was, that was enough to make me cry. You know, because women come in, because you know how many times women get told that once you have a baby, it's all over. It's, you know, you're never going to bounce back. Bounce back. That woman let them know that was just a blip in the radar. Yeah, that's amazing. Now you're making me want to watch it. I might have to go back and watch some of it. I haven't. I am going back to watch, the like I said, the dressage, because it's like my favorite. I mean, it's so elegant and beautiful, but it is also still all white. I wish the American yeah. team would at least send, you know, I mean, I know that there are black equestrians out there. I watched the movie about the black cowboys. There are black equestrians out there. I just don't know why. I guess it's such an expensive sport, as you know. Yeah, well, it's just, I mean, if you think about what the population is, there might be a few. It might take a few years for there to be sort of a cycle of it. So then there ends up being somebody who qualifies. I mean, it's probably my sense is it's just like golf, a really expensive sport where black people weren't even allowed into the clubs to play. Right. You sort probably of think about it takes a while. Yeah, this is probably the same. But just off topic for one second as we careen, in the, at the CrossFit Games, you know that the CrossFit Games is a regular CrossFit, you know, the age group, I think it's like up to 20 something. And then they have the age qualifiers. I think in the 40 to 45 range, the first black woman is the fittest woman in the 40 to 45 range. That's amazing. Ever in the history of CrossFit. I think she may be the black, first black person to ever hold that fittest title in any range, in wow. any group range. Amazing. No coverage, not even at CrossFit. No, yeah, that's shitty. So okay. I, but I want to go back to this. So you're saying you're supporting, you know, black athletes. And then we said that media has been equal opportunity, bad to everybody. So mm -hmm. I really just have to ask the question. What if I said I was just watching white people? You'd be watching the entire Olympics. So you can just say, <laughs> I, I mean, to me, that just means nothing because well, the wait a minute. There, are other there are countries with other black athletes. But they're rare. They're as rare as Americans. It's, okay. as, it's as rare as Americans. I mean, there's certain sports, obviously, that black people dominate, like the running, the basketball. I didn't watch right. the basketball. You know well, what I mean? Wait, like, I have, wait, wait, wait. Another question. What if I were to say, because I, I mean, I agree with you. I would never, didn't, wouldn't even occur to me to say anything like I'm watching any of it. But then the next question I have to ask is what if I said as, you know, said, well, I'm woke. I'm just watching the black athletes, too as a white person. I would just go, okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so, there's been so much like, there's been, well, you know, first of all, that word woke. We, yeah. Well, I know, but it's that idea though, right? Somebody would say, I do not describe myself as woke, but I mean, in that sense of, I know what you mean. I know what but you I mean. I mean, like some, there's a white person saying, yeah, Lenya, I'm just watching the black athletes too. Like what, I'm like, great. Have have at it. Yay. Right. <laughs> you know? But doesn't but I go back to I, that a little I don't need, 
No, but I'm just saying, I don't, I feel like black people know. feel that they don't need for white people to tell them that they're being supportive because right. that's performative. You want to support us? Great. Watch. Do whatever it is that you want to do it and then just do it. Don't tell me. I don't give a shit whether you do it or not anyway. Right. You know what I'm no, saying? No. That's what, what bothers me about a lot of the, you know, a lot of, a lot of the white people I know would never say that to me because I'm very choosy with my white friends, but you know what I mean? And I've become even choosier. Sure. I think you might be my only one at this right very moment in time. <laughs> oh, no, I have a couple. I have a couple. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Like, I'm being very choosy because there have been over this time people who have said that and said these things to me. And whereas maybe in the past I would have been, oh, that's nice. Now, after 2020 and after all that we've gone through and all the education that is out there, the fact that you would even have to say that to me means that you're not woke. And you yeah. Sit yourself down. Well, the, the very statement of it. Yes. It's funny because I'm still sensitive enough, like in, in the end, I, I even think through that. So every time like I have a black student or I, you know, and I'm very like mindful of my words because I want to let somebody say I'm a safe person, but I don't want to then say something moronic, stupid, racist, offensive. Do you know what I mean? And so it's always sort of that tightrope where you're like, I want you to know this is a safe space for you. You know what I mean? Like at school, like you want to come, but I figured it'll pan out in the actions eventually that's, anyway. Do you know what, what I mean? I and it's you really- don't have to say anything because just your actions will show that you're a safe person. You know, I mean, basically you might even just say, oh, I have this podcast woman bridging the gap. You can listen. That will show them. Right. Well, the, right. Mean- you know, well, they'll say, oh my God, right. Well, no, yeah. but it's that. But even the thing is, it's, I just I, like, that is where I go back to, okay, I can be colorblind because I would do this for any student. Like I would try to let any student know that this is a safe space, like no matter what. And I said, you know what? Like either a person will get it or they won't. And my action should show through. Exactly. But it's, but I'm always aware of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm hyper aware that I want to make sure, but. It's funny. You have that with. You have that with the race relations. I have that with gay, lesbian, you know, with the LGBTQIA, because I want every, I want, especially as I'm trying to get clients in this realm, I want them to feel comfortable. And I do the same thing. Like when I, when somebody self-identifies and I know somebody is LGBTQIA, right. I also will be very mindful of, you know, trying to communicate safety, like safe space, like without othering, I think is really what we're talking about, right? How do you communicate safety without othering is like important. And I would do the same with an immigrant. I do the same with somebody identifies as first gen, which is another issue that I'm very sensitive to at school. You know, even that dumb question I ask all the time, just because I'm curious about, you know, ancestry and the immigrant story has just always been super important to me, been of interest to me. And I have my grandfather's shingle like in my office and like that he hung up when he like, you know, came over from Italy, whatever, and did this thing. So, but you can't ask anybody where you're from now. You know what I mean? It's just not really a question you ask unless there's context for it. I mean, obviously in context, you could say, oh, well, my family came over from Italy, you know, and not sort of assuming, not trying to other the person, but it's hard, you know, you got to be careful. I know. It's interesting because I always think when I think about this subject, 
I always think that this is a book that you need to write. Well, I don't have any time to do anything else. Don't add to Well, me. not now. <laughs> down the line, this is something, this is, uh, no, because right. you're so passionate about the immigrant story. And I feel like this is a book that you need to write. One day, maybe one day. One day. Yes. We'll see. We'll see. When I was 40, so the Olympics, whenever I was 40, so this is, you know, 12 years ago, whenever mm-hmm. I was home for whatever reason in New Jersey, in Maple, like in Maplewood, my hometown. And I was watching the Olympics with my dad. And I remember we were eating ice cream and we were watching the women's beach volleyball. Like it just came mm-hmm. on. We were watching like TV. You know what I mean? We we're just on whatever they showed we were watching because it doesn't like in New Jersey, beach volleyball is, I mean, at least I never knew it is a thing where at least where I grew up. So we're watching and I am so uncomfortable because we're basically watching girls in bikinis on a beach and I'm watching this with my dad and I am slowly becoming very aware that it, and and then I noticed in the men's volleyball, they're just wearing normal shorts. Do you know what I mean? Like they're wearing shorts and women, the women are wearing bikini bottoms. And I, of course, am thinking all the things that women think. Did they wax? Did they laser? Like how, you know, how are, you know, are they worried about a wardrobe malfunction? That doesn't seem like the most comfortable outfit to play because they were so athletic. And so, I mean, I am not, I'm not. They've been wearing these uniforms since the beginning. This is, oh, this has been a uniform, this uniform that you see has been a uniform that they play in since they start playing. I guess they're comfortable. comfortable. They're more comfortable, uh, you know, about it. I mean, there has been a lot of controversy with what they want to wear versus now. I think women feel more empowered to be able to talk about what they want to wear. But the interesting thing was they wanted to wear something shorter because of some kind of, I I can't remember if it was some kind of like issue with the way the board, because the short got a little bit longer this year and the way it was, um, Increasing or something. Yeah, there was something that was wrong. But anyway, this all goes back to a conversation about respectability politics. No, it completely. Well, first of all, let's say somebody's going to say from the podcast, they're going to say, well, the Olympics used to be naked. I was like, I'm fine. Make it all naked. Like, I do not care. I'm really just talking about equity. Yes. I actually don't care what anyone wears. I just have to. I, I am just pointing out that. Why are women doing like when you look at men's sports, they're wearing shorts and, you know, and you look at women's sports and they're wearing panties like it's okay. But there is definitely a reason for the men wearing shorts. They have dangly bits. (laughs) They have dangly bits that actually wear, but but the men wear speedos. Not when they're not when they're playing beach ball or volleyball. I no, but I don't understand the difference. They like, but divers wear. Yeah, but divers can't get hurt. They don't have other people kicking and running. All right, and all right, all right. It, it's a different. It's different. I'm pretty sure they also wear. Maybe they wear some sort of jock strap or certain thing to to protect themselves. Because I'm pretty sure they can get hurt. Somebody could that, that could all be them. true. I just know that as a viewer. I mean, even I'm sorry, like even when it comes to, you know, the the ice skating, Uh Mm. you know, the idea is that and I know this has been changing over time, but the idea is that the men would be fully covered and the women would be in the short skirt. 
And, you know, I really like you really look at the at, go to tennis and look at what Venus and Serena have done to the sport with the outfit saying, no, we're not going to wear just white and we're going to wear what we want. And they do actually wear off oh, the fashion like, short, and they oh. wear the, they wear. But here's the thing, right? They sort of move. They're like, no, we're athletes. We can like. You know, if we have to wear little cute dresses, we'll wear little cute dresses, but I'm going to wear, you know, they have wear my have, way. Right. I'm going to wear it my way. And they also wear often they wear longer shorts. You know what I mean? So it's covering part of the thigh, which I would I mean, I don't know when I did a Tough mutter, it was more comfortable. Do you know what I mean? To yeah. not be in booty shorts, to actually have something a little bit down the thigh because there was just no riding when you're doing things. So the idea is they were just like, no, we're going to do this the way we want which I think is amazing. So the idea is I still want to see more of that in sports because what I'm noticing in track, it's interesting, right? Is that men's shorts are getting shorter because it's probably more comfortable. So I totally get that. So I'm not arguing for modesty here. What I'm arguing or thinking about is who made the decisions on who wears what, even if it's forever, because my suspicion is it was men who made those decisions. Oh, I'm sure. Because isn't it men that run the Olympics at the moment? I don't think it's there men, are. And who are the coaches? I mean, the coaches from oh, the beginning. Not of time. All, yeah. In the beginning of time, but not right now. Well, not I, right now. I was quite shocked how many female coaches I saw, but no, but it's not even the coaches. It's the governing bodies. So the governing bodies, they're the ones, because I mean, let's just talk off topic for a second. Powerlifting. There's a governing body that tells us what we have to wear when we compete. And we have to wear one of those ugly onesies. We can't wear, we have even our underwear. So we're sanctioned what kind of underwear we can wear, how long the underwear can be down our thighs. Yeah, I'm dead serious. You're doing this look, but I went to go to nationals and they, I, I didn't wear underwear under the onesie because I, I don't like wearing underwear or I, and the onesie. It's too No, I totally bad. get it. I you totally get I mean? it. So when they went to go weigh me, I was butt naked because I had to take off the onesie because they, so, they didn't let me weigh in the onesie. A completely different rule that I had from, mash, from regionals where they weighed me in my onesie. So like all of these, di- like there's these governing bodies that have these insane rules and I'm sure that the, the governing body for the um, Olympics are the ones that make these crazy rules. And because, I mean, let's like not even talk about, let's not even talk about clothes. Let's talk about the governing body that decided that the, the swimming caps for the um, black women that were swimming in the UK team were not deemed. I can't remember what the word was that it wasn't right because, you know, not that they would gain an advantage because they wouldn't gain an advantage because it had like a cone shape or not a cone shape to it so that uh, it would cover the black women's hair. Wow. And they decided that it was not legal and, and everybody was going crazy because it's like, it's a swimming cap to cover the Afro. That's all it was. Yeah. But why can't, why? So you're absolutely policing every aspect from the fact you know what I mean? And it's yeah. just, it's overly governed. That's the thing that I think. And the, and the, the uniforms are part of that. It's just overly governed. I mean, there's a part of me that really does feel like we over govern it in the sense that I actually don't even care about doping. I care about doping. I, I, 
here's the thing. Like people are going to always find ways to do it. Now that we have also what is doping and what is just eating regimen and what is vitamin regimen and what supplements are allowed is so crazy, you know, because where do you draw the line on what's doping and what's excessive, like vitamin supplements that help your gut, that help do something that help your health, that make you faster. Or even we think with transgender athletes, if they're taking hormone supplements, but those hormone supplements can be on the list to say, okay. I mean, like I get drug tested. Well, no, of course, of course, everybody does. But the idea is let's just take, I was like, let everybody do what everybody wants to do to themselves. And then that's the comp, like with all that's the competition. It would be horrible, like in the sense that richer countries would. Would always win. Yeah, Yeah. but richer countries usually always win. I know, but like, I have a thing with, I I don't know, I guess maybe because I'm an athlete and I get, I just don't, I don't want to compete with someone that's doping. Do you know what I mean? Especially, no, I get, I mean, in, my I group, especially in my age group, do you know what I mean? I want the fittest, the, the person who can lift the heaviest to be the winner. And I want it to be that they trained just like me really hard for however long. I, I have a problem with doping. No, I mean, idealistically, I do, of course, agree with you, but I do sort of get. I know you're thinking because it's so overly governed, if you just let it go, then let everything go. Well, Yeah. And it's just, and in the end, this is entertainment. Do you know what I mean? And I just, let's let go. It's just like, it's not entertainment for the athlete. Like I'm, I'm, when I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, yes, but then I think you self-gov, but that's why I think it has to come from a place of self-governing. So I'm really not saying, oh, everybody should dope. That is not what I'm saying. I am just saying it should come from within, right? So the idea is the athletes should get together really and say, okay, we're really not all going to dope because this is what we want to do. I mean, if it comes from within, people obey the rules. When it comes from top down, people don't. Like people are going to look to break it. And it is the big business of this that makes people dope. Yeah. I mean, I mean, is it right? That the athletes should have their own governing body as opposed to some, you know. Because wouldn't it be really... Wouldn't it be interesting in this world if we had the un, we could call them the natural, you could think of sci-fi right now, but it would be the natural Olympics where people, let's say all in the nude, no doping. And then we had uh, the doping Olympics and we would just see, you know, and we could see that could be the entertainment. And the real natural athletes could be the natural athletes. Right. But you could really do that. Right. I mean, there one, there's probably an audience for it, but like you could say like these, all these athletes got together. We are having a world Olympics and everyone is saying that there's absolutely no doping going on. They've all will be tested, but we're all, we believe in this, you know, sort of the idea of being vegetarian. You know what I mean? Like I trust that a vegetarian when they say I'm a vegetarian, like the person's not going to be cheating and eating meat all the time, like behind everybody's back, you know, and it well, doesn't I say that I'm a like, vegetarian, but I eat meat maybe once or twice a month. That's not what I mean. I mean that when you choose to do something, you're like, you'll, and then you say it, like I'm eating yeah. meat once or twice. But the idea is like when you self-identify as a naturalist, you're not going to dope, yeah. be pressured to dope, do anything. And then we could have the Olympics where, 
we're going to like look askance at the rules and let's see what the I'm actually even curious. What will the what can the human body do with doping? I'm even just curious. So that would be an interesting concept to have a doping Olympics where they're all doped from all over the world and to just see how far they can push the body with chemicals. Absolutely. We'll probably die early or something like there will be some kind but- of. Sure, but not my problem. You know, you make people do shit to themselves all the time, but it would be, I would just be fascinated to sort of see. And then the Naturalist Olympics, hey man, put it in the nude. Let's just do it. I think in the nude would be dangerous. (laughs) Like rugby and basketball. Well, Well, I mean, and women with boobs, it would be, it would be. It would be dangerous. It would be dangerous. (laughs) But I think they should be able to wear whatever they want. Unless it's going to gain them an athletic advantage. This is, and then that's it. Well, that's what I always find interesting too now about this part of the Olympics fascinates me, right? So you really think about, there was an article, I don't remember what newspaper it was in, about the baseball. In the Olympics, the Japanese baseball is better than the American baseball. And they say it's whiter, so it's easier to see. And it's stickier, so it's an easier throw and I but I was like that's fascinating and then I know like swimsuits have gotten so good that they actually you know streamline you and make it really easy to swim through the water so there would have to so of course when we talk about the natural olympics in our world we would have to figure out what that means you know what I mean that's Um, why they have this whole thing in powerlifting with not with underwear and yeah absolutely because it can it's if it goes down your leg and gives you compression, then it can give you an athletic advantage in your squat. You know, there's all of these, that's what these rules are for, right? So that right. you don't gain an athletic advantage. That's, and so it's, you know, I don't know, but I think you're onto something. And I think NBC needs to be listening. <laughs> Right. Because that was my idea. I mean, I so really would, I would tune in, you know, yes, like the first, too. I would be so fascinated. I would watch the entire thing because I would want to see how hard they can push it. But they also have to have better sports. None of this dressage. They would have to have like strong man in there because you would want to see that. Right. You know, you yeah. see how strong these people, the cycling. Oh my God, I saw the funniest meme about cycling. There was the three, the two Americans, or maybe they're not Americans. Whoever won the gold, the two guys, they had these humongous, fabulous butts. And all these women were like, well, can we find out what workout they do? What workout do they do? Because we want those butts. And I just like, and the thing is, I saw it once and I was like, he, but then I started seeing it a lot from all these different women. Like, I want to know how they are working out. We, we all need to find their coach and figure this out. It's true. So did uh, I tell you I'm doing a mutter in October? Oh, so we're both competing this year. Yeah. Well, it's barely competing. It's a tough mutter. It's, but yeah. I'm doing another one hard girl. I'm not going to ever do one of those. Oh no. I love them. So I've done. So I think I've done two. So, and I, but I've done like several mud runs, but yeah, I'm excited. So do you have to train specifically for that? Like how, what's the training like for that? Well, when I'm training, I'm going to have to add to do the obstacles, you basically have to really train. For me, the last time I trained for it, I trained against getting hurt. So the idea is like, 
I'm training, I'm doing a lot of weightlifting. I'm doing a lot of, I'm going to be adding right now. I'm doing treadmill running. I'm going to be adding trail running once kind of the heat breaks in LA. And then, but then I'm going to make sure I'm doing yoga every other day to stay really flexible because the idea is you're going to do an obstacle in your body's. So you're going to do the monkey bars. I'm probably going to fall. So the monkey bars are usually, they're usually coated with a little bit of oil and they're not really stable. So they spin. So you have to be able to go really quickly as a woman. My upper body strength is not strong, big. I mean, I'm training to kind of try to get across them, but really almost you have to train if you fall, because you'll fall like six feet, 10 feet, whatever, into the mud, you don't want to hurt yourself. Even with the pandemic now, I might have to just do outdoor yoga, like Mm -hmm. even with the Delta variant, because I usually do hot yoga, but I haven't been in a studio. And so I'm going to add that. And then it's going to the playground and doing the monkey bars and it's climbing and that kind of upper body. I'll do a lot of grip strength issues where I'll just hang, you know what I mean? See how long I can hang. The thing is, I won't do any climbing. I don't think I'll even have to do it. It's just about being brave in the face of it. So you got to also train for your fears. I don't know what obstacles will be there, but if they have... I'm a little claustrophobic, so they often have one where you need to do an army crawl, like mm-hmm. under a fence or an army crawl, like through a, a tunnel. And that you just have to have a game plan. So when I go through a tunnel, you're going to laugh, but I find I go behind the largest person I can find because mentally I will think if that big person could get through the tunnel, I can get through the tunnel, you know? Okay. So it's that kind of thing. And then there's things that are more like ninja, like our ninja warrior, like that. You also just know you might not get through. So there's one where you have to jump from one panel to another and they say, get over any way you can. So then the idea is, do you want to do it the way the ninja warrior would like hopping from one to the other, like over this mud Mm -hmm. thing, or, you know, do you want to be interesting and crawl like a cat over the edge (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? And move yeah. over it. And the idea is, well, I'm, I don't need to be a ninja warrior. Like I'm a tough mutter. Like I, I might not do, you know what I mean? The hops because I'll probably slip and fall, but I can crawl like a cat over it because you know, you're doing it. And then, you know, again, you got to watch. So when they have the dangling 10,000 volt wires. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a maze of trying to get through without getting zapped. So the idea is if you, so some people who are doing it for time are just going to run right through and get zapped. I did that my first one and I got zapped in the ass and I swear to God, it's strong enough that you just, I just fell down. I mean, there's <laughs> no, I was like, all right, well now I'm down on the ground and I just, you know, crawled out of the wires my friend got zapped on the ear and actually bled a little bit. And she was like, yeah, I'm never doing a tough mutter again. The trick is though, is you watch, you can see the maze. Do you know mm. what I mean? And then you can go through, but it, you got to sort of decide. And then it's what I like about the mutter is it's trusting other people. And my biggest challenge is asking for help. And this was Lenya, you'll laugh. The hardest part of the last mutter I did was me getting over like the eight foot tall walls because 
being five, five, like I can't do it without a leg up. There's just, I can't do it. So if you're six feet tall, you could run, grab it, pull yourself up and go over. So the idea is they're like, it's nobody left behind. I mean, that's the concept of the tough mutter. Well, my friend, I went with my friend, April, and she ran, she just asked for somebody for a leg up and they just, you know, pushed her on over, you know, and grabbed herself and you can pull yourself up. I mean, so I'm also doing pull-ups so I can pull my whole body weight up at least one, one pull up at a time. Well, here's the deal I got, I got there and I just can't ask for help. So I'm just waiting for somebody to offer me like a leg up and nobody's (laughs) offering me. And and April's on the other side saying, Alex, hurry up, get your ass in gear. Just ask somebody to help. And I'm like, I can't ask somebody for help. I have to. So so this time I'm just, that's my, (laughs) I know I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. That was the hardest thing for me in with the mutter. So, right. But I love it. Where's this going to be? So I can be there and watch or be there to support or whatever you need. All right. It's going to be, it's in the Inland Empire. It's in Riverside. Oh, so it's at least in LA. Yeah. 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 Like I'm going to have to drive. It'll be an hour drive in the morning. That's not bad. Go. No. And there's a whole, right well, we'll see about the Delta variant. I did sign up. This is in October. It's yeah. In October. And I was like, well, we'll see. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? It's outside. So I feel the same they were just saying only vaxxed. But they're not. So with my competition in November, I'm, I'm being cautious that it's not, might not happen. Yeah. You just gotta, we've got to be prepared. We just Mine one is prepared. in San Diego. So if you want to come. <laughs> Maybe I, you know, the things Eric and I are having such a good time away. I have to say, we have to go way more, like just for like little weekends or whatever, but I might take the train down and I'll come see you. I'm taking the train to go. So, all right. I love taking that train. I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll see. I don't, I'm not inviting a lot of people because well, every time I invite people, nobody comes. I'm always, it's just me and Shane. Well, now I feel like I'm going to come and have a sign. I'll have the big whistle when Lenya no. you goes up. I'll be like that obnoxious fan. That would drive me insane. All right, I'm sorry. already so nervous. Oh, you're going to be great. All right. It's we're wrapping up because yes. Lenya has some work person coming to, to the house and I've got a meeting soon. These are busy days, everybody. Busy oh, I days. know. And, so. and you know, my, I'm shooting the fourth episode of Lenya styles and it'll, the first episode goes up. All right. Everybody hear that. So by the time this plays, Lenya styles will be up and running. So make sure you watch Lenya's YouTube channel, please watch her YouTube channel, support us women bridging the gap, but please also <laughs> More importantly, or just as importantly, Lenya Styles. For fun um, and for, for shits and giggles, guys. For shits and giggles. All right. This was right. fun. This we was fun. Morning coffees were still pretty energetic in the morning. Yeah. That was pretty good. That All right, everybody. Fun. Find us at womenbridgingthegap.com. Instagram and Facebook, Women Bridging the Gap. And then we're gonna we're gonna figure out. I'm gonna talk to Lenya about the Patreon site because I think yes. that's what we're gonna do next. We'll see. So maybe you guys can buy us a cup of coffee if we make yes. you laugh or tell you something informative. You can buy us a cup of coffee on Patreon. Definitely, and you can support us that way. And maybe we might have some interesting one-off things that are you know 
just personal to the talents that Alex and I have. That's true, because we're talented. Very. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.